Hey, expats and travelers, welcome to this week's episode sponsored by WorldPost.io, the virtual mailbox service powered by Anytime Mailbox. We'll get to the features and benefits a little later. If you're interested in becoming an expat, whether you're moving to Portugal or another overseas location, I highly recommend you get your finances in order before you move. Yes, it's actually really important that you do it before you go. I know when we first got started, we did not do it that way. But if we knew John McNertney at Green Ocean Global, we would have gone to him as he's someone that is Lisbon-based and he is experienced with expat financial challenges. So he's a go-to person that we recommend. Right, he can help you with long-term investments, financial systems, and international taxes. And he's actually helped us and producer Dan has used him to explore what it would be like to move abroad and see if it would fit his family's current financial situation. I think what's great about him is that he gives you personalized plans. He will look into your unique situation and he'll help you out. And this is honestly what's super necessary because we get tax questions and finance questions on the YouTube channel and literally no background from the person that's asking us the question. So now we've started to point people to John. Right, because everyone is different and everyone has their own unique situation. So you need an expert to help you out. All right, so visit greenoceanglobal.net for contact information and further assistance. Check out the show notes below. Hello, and welcome, my emerging expat. You're tuned in to Let's Move to Portugal. I'm producer Dan, and I have the distinct honor of bringing you YouTube travelers and our resident Portugal experts, expats everywhere's Josh and Kaylee. Each week, they'll inspire, they'll educate, and they'll accompany you on your journey to Portuguese residency. This week on Let's Move to Portugal, Josh and Kaylee continue their Italian adventure with a stop in the captivating city of Genoa. From its striking resemblance to a beloved Portuguese city to exploring its rich history and culture, join them as they share their experiences and ponder that all-important question, could they expat that? Hey, expats and travelers, welcome back to Expats Everywhere Presents, Let's Move to Portugal. But this is a special episode where we are on the second leg of our Italian road trip. We're going to be talking about Genoa today. Yes. So, listener, if you didn't catch the first one, we were in Turin first, so northern Italy, and now we are in Genoa. That's right, Kaylee. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. Uh, how are you? I'm doing well. I've, uh, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about Genoa. I'm feeling good to uh, get here relatively easily. Yeah, train travel. Our, yeah, train travel super easy, but our, our hotel was a little bit of a walk from the train station, and we decided not to uh, do a taxi. Because, or, the bu- or figure out the bus. Or figure the out bus. the bus, because the, the taxi that we, we used getting to Turin was pricey. So the like, one let's, from the... Let's just save money. Yeah, from the hotel to the Turin train station, we took a taxi because if you missed it on last episode, we talked about how the public transportation is great, but busy. So we're like, how are we going to do this with a stroller, with our bags? And we travel light. So we're like, that's just not going to happen. So then when we saw where the hotel was, we're like, we can walk it with our bags or we can take a bus, but what are we going to do if the bus is just oh, as busy like yeah. Turin? So we're like, Sorry. ugh, we'll just walk it. Um, I would say this... Uh, Genoa has hills. 
So we did figure that out. Thankfully, not too many from the train station to our hotel. But as we've explored a bit more, there have been hills. So that's different than Turin as well. But um, a little hilly. What do you think? Yeah. So I just want to let the listener know if you missed that other episode, what we do in these is we like to make comparisons between the place that we're visiting and uh, cities that we know about or towns that we know about in Portugal. So we will do our best to do that for you. So if you're living in Portugal and you want to visit one of these cities in Italy, you uh, are maybe a little more mentally prepared or your interest is piqued. So here we go. Well, um, visit, yeah, visit or live. Visit right? or live, yeah. These yeah, are places might, to check out. That's right. Uh, although we'll get kind of to the would you expat that at the end. Right. No spoiler. <laughs> no spoiler. Okay, uh, well, so Genoa. Genoa yeah. is interesting because uh, it's not huge, of course. It's no, not, not big at all, but um, it's very different. It's got this old town. Yes. Which has very small, narrow, windy streets. Boy, does it. Yes. Yes. Which is nice to walk. Yes, well, but, there's not really any road traffic. Yes, yeah, there's not that. It's it's nice and easy to walk, although a couple issues that I had <laughs> were the smells and yeah. in, in what feels like you're walking in a small like alleyway, I suppose. Or urinal. Yeah. Or for our British audience, urinal. <laughs> yeah. Yes, so, um, well, you know, there, it is a big dog culture, but I don't think that's necessarily the reason for the smell. Uh, so that's a bit unfortunate, I would that's say. There. Yeah. Well, yeah, a lot of people have dogs, so they pee and poop wherever, and they don't really pick up poop much. But again, I don't think it's and that. I think attributes to the smell, but I don't think that's the cause for it. So in mm. some of these smaller areas, the um, small narrow streets, because also the buildings go up fairly high. So Haley, not just much. cut to the chase. People use it as their private toilet. <laughs> people use these alleyways as their private toilet, and. And there's no getting around it because you kind of wind through these if you want to walk through the the it, old town. It's honestly like dude just stumbles around the corner and he's like, nobody's around here. Which isn't true, Nobody, though, because a lot of people Nobody's going to walk by yeah. here, oh. which probably 15 people walked by while yeah. he was relieving himself. Yeah. I would say there's uh, that and then also a little couple of streets, a little shysty with the old prostitutes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that, however, there were high traffic streets. I mean, we weren't the only ones walking down these streets with strollers. No, yeah. <laughs> there were a lot of families, actually. For sure. So just kind of out in the open there. But that's that was only concentrated in the old part of, of the city. That, yeah, that we saw. Anyways. <laughs> that's true. That, that we, we saw. saw. That, that we, we saw. saw. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess maybe a little more hidden. But uh, but yeah. But the, the city is kind of blocked out in a very interesting way where they have one very long street. I think it's the 20th of September. Oh, I think that's the yeah. Gibraldi or whatever. Gib the Gibraldi one that's or Gibraldi. Oh, the shopping. shopping no, street, I was talking about yeah. the UNESCO. 20th of September. Okay, but they are, there's yeah. the UNESCO World Heritage Street, with the, which I think is maybe it's called Gibraldi. Yeah. It's probably Gibraldi. Gibraldi. I don't maybe, know. Yeah. <laughs> it's GI, though. But so I, I was trying to distinguish between the old city and the kind of the new or more modern that you were talking about. So yeah. this shopping street is is built like a kind of a gallery, a mall, similar to some of the stuff that we experienced and saw in Turin. Uh, this was, uh, it was actually as nice. Yeah, right? I think it's nice. As mm -hmm. what we saw in Turin, even though Turin's like economically certainly ahead. Um, although Genoa isn't, I guess some people think it's a wealthy city. Yeah, I, it, it can be. Yeah. 
But anyways, so you have a, a gate at one end, and then you walk up this long street the 20th of September back in towards the old city. On the other side of the gate is kind of the newer, more modern Genoa. Right. And then also, like, on the other side, like, you have the port. So it's kind of disjointed into what feels like yeah. three different feels of a city. Yes. A port area, which is nice, is, is built up, has restaurants, has things to do. It's laid out really well. Cruises come there. We saw cruise ships. And it feels very much like a cruise destination because of that area. Yes, that area if gives you cruised. that, like, cruise port feel. Yeah. But then it's also walkable in the sense that you can walk through the old city and then into the newer city, which... Uh, is a little bigger, bigger streets and such, but you see a lot of cruisers through there, right? Yeah. 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 Just seeing the sights and stuff because in that quote-unquote newer area, I suppose you could say, is uh, Christopher Columbus's house where he was, where he grew up. So that yeah. was cool to see. Yeah, huge monument as well over by the uh, train station. Mm-hmm. You've got a Christopher Columbus monument there. So he's very much like a focal point of the city. And, yeah. And why not? I mean, he's... One of the most well-known explorers, maybe the most well-known explorer. Well, for Americans, for, Americans, for sure. Yeah, for Americans. <laughs> right. Um, and a whole day named after him. <laughs> yeah, a whole day. I but, mean, he's having a do- he's he's had a, I guess a, a, a dodgy past couple of years. People trying to cancel him. <laughs> sure. Um, I think the city is kind of a maritime city, though. I mean, because of that, they definitely play on the fact that. Christopher Columbus is from there. Yep. And then with it having water, of course, you've got the... Aquarium. Well, yes. The, yeah, I was, well, was going to say the cruises and there's lots of yachts and, um, you know, ships and such. And there's actually like a shipyard too. So you've got one area that's got the cruises and the yachts and then the other area that's more um, cargo industrial type stuff, right? But then you and have... Maybe that yachty area is why people think that it's a wealthy city. People like equate yachts and... Well, Wealth. yeah, so there is that. But it's not, it's not Monaco. Like, let's no, not get it twisted. It's no. not Monaco. But uh, but they do have the aquarium right there, yes. which is, I believe, the largest aquarium in Italy, I think I read. Mm-hmm. So it's a, a nice big aquarium. And then other things for families to do as well. They have an Italy. An Italy, yes. Little, little did I know, the first Italy was in Turin. And now kind of there are, are several across the country. I'm guessing most of our audience knows the Italy's that exist in the States. There's a big one in New York, right? Aren't those normally in, uh, like, malls and stuff? Or is that is it nicer than that? I always thought oh, it was I, kind of like... I, mean, I think the, the one in New York is like a big market area on its own. Okay. And the one here in, in Genoa is like a market area on its own. Yeah, it's that's true. It, it was, it was the, yeah, really the, nice. The downside is, is that uh, the inside was closed because... Holiday time. It was interesting. I guess they can. They're the only ones that were closed uh, along the port area. Yeah. Um, But yes, food is definitely a big topic uh, here in the north for sure. So Genoa is the home of pesto. Pesto. This is where pesto came from. So pesto? Pesto is the besto. So I, I ate a lot of pasta with pesto what's the name of that noodle i knew that you were gonna ask me it starts with a t um it's typical Uh, here tagioli oh yeah yeah something like that anyway so i've already had that uh yep i've already had that several times i didn't look it up it just came to me (laughs) um i could be wrong that's an interesting type of noodle 
a little denser. Yeah, I'm not a big fan actually of looks throw a little feet. Worms, kind of like thick a little worms. Bit, a little bit. Doesn't taste like worms. Bowl of maggots. <laughs> No, but anyway, the pesto is really, really good here. So uh, in Genoa, that's something to try. Yeah. I, I've i not been overly impressed with the food in Genoa, but we also haven't had a ton of it. So, the, I so mean, we need to eat more is what I, I thought the pesto was fine. I did like the fact that it still seems like they do their aperitifs with, uh, with snacks. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. Good. They're pretty good at that. Mm-hmm. Right. Good snacks, you know. Like, good snacks. Uh, like not legit just, things. Not, not just like not pork just... rinds. <laughs> Dude, some people love pork rinds. Oh. The Spanish are quite into pork oh, rinds. Not good. Not right? good. You don't like it? Nope. Not a fan. But these are my, good. My aunt, my aunt Vicky loves pork rinds. <laughs> the, um, the olives are good here. Uh, yeah. 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 I, I actually, there's there's a type of Spanish olive that I don't really like. See, it didn't either Neither when we were there. Either. Yeah. Um, she likes the Portuguese ones, but the olives here so far have been a hit. Yeah. But anyway, so food. Pesto is a thing to do here. Trophy. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and they've got good, good little aperitif type things, right? Yeah. And, and I don't want to say that's it because <laughs> I'm sure there's more, but that's all we were really able to try. Yeah, it was, it was, that's all we've tried. Yeah, yeah. Um, two two days. That's basically. what that's what they're known for, though. So that's why. Yeah, we kept trying <laughs> the okay. same things. Worldpost.io is powered by Anytime Mailbox, which means you can get your mail anytime, anywhere, even on your smartphone. And they really have competitive pricing with their lowest package starting at five dollars per month. Here's a cool feature they have. WorldPost can relay things from the U.S. to Europe, so that includes documents, <laughs> Amazon purchases, Amazon from the purchases, US. <laughs> and you can get it to Portugal. And they have a variety of packages. Some include secure shredding, free junk mail filters, and things like that. I bet you love that junk mail filter. Oh, lots of junk mail! I sign up for a lot of newsletters. <laughs> She's not joking. So if you're interested in worldpost.io, you can visit the website or check the link in the show notes below. Okay, let's talk about Lusitana Dreams because what they're offering is really great. Yeah, it definitely is. And Dallas actually has grown Lusitano Dreams since we first met him. So he's really getting his process dialed in. The thing that I like about it is it removes the barrier and and choke point of the proof of accommodation because that's been one of the biggest things that the D7 and the D8 for the like the long-term people have had problems with, right? Yeah, it's definitely something that is really hard to lock yourself into sight unseen. But here you can have a legitimate contract. You can rest assured that it's going to be a soft landing because you're coming into a furnished place in a good location, in a livable location, until you can kind of get your bearings and figure out where you really want to live. And the cool thing about it is that they can start your lease when you arrive. So you're not like burning a few months of, of cash essentially paying for an apartment or paying for a lease that you're not using. Yeah, that's one that's really hard to negotiate, trying to get a lease that starts when you want to arrive and not when you are actually applying. So the fact that they offer that as a service to where you're not, like you said, burning those months saves you a lot of money. Yep, Lusitano Dreams offers visa-friendly proof of accommodation. So that could be for the D7 visa or the D8 visa. And their properties include detached houses, apartments, room rentals as well in different locations like Lisbon, Cascais, Lule, and they're expanding too. So uh, soon to be Porto and quite possibly Silver Coast. 
Yeah, which is really exciting. So check out Lusitano Dreams for more information. We have a link in the show notes below. So interesting thing about like considering Genoa for either living or being a tourist. As a tourist, we saw a ton of guides say that you could see Genoa in a day or on a day trip. Uh, if you want to go to the aquarium, maybe you're looking at a day and a half because you'll spend probably half a day at the aquarium and then you'll want to take another day for the other things. But if you're not interested in going into the museums or anything, um, then really a day will do it. Yeah. But I would say from the living perspective, it might be one of the nice things about Genoa is that you don't have a bunch of tourists, at least not during cruise season so you know we're here during the winter where it's it's certainly low season for tourism uh but i don't know if you i don't think you'd hang out much around by the the port either or the old city or in the port i mean it's nice to go to but it probably gets really busy with with cruises and it's one of those places where maybe you just don't want to Mm. like you know let's think about a comparison would be madeira like in funchal right Like if you if you live in Funchal, it's actually a good comparison. How yeah, how busy does it get down by the water there when the cruises come in, and you're walking? It's flat. It's a nice port area, but it's probably really busy. You know. Yeah. So there's a little bit of a comparison, I'd say, with Funchal. It's still a different feel. I think there's but... two comparisons to be made. I think Funchal. I didn't think about that one, but I think Funchal is a great comparison. Uh, in terms of the way at least the old city and port area is laid out. But the other one that I was thinking of, and this is loose, so hang with me, it would be Coimbra. Just where you have diff- the the old city districts of, or district of Coimbra. Yeah. Having kind of small, narrow back alleys. You do have a little bit of hills. Mm, yeah. I think Coimbra's hillier. Um, Larger hills, like uh, they go longer. Yes, but then you have another part of the city which is is more modern. Yeah, more modernized, a little gridded out, probably where a lot of people live, as opposed to the old city. Yeah, city. That's true. Uh, I can see it. I can see it. That's a good comparison. So maybe a mix between Coimbra and Funchal. (laughs) Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, maybe you could do that. Maybe similar economically. In, in certain areas to Madeira as well. Mm. Like being tourism based from cruises in that one area. Yeah, just in that area. Just in that that area of Funchal. Yeah. Not overall um, the, the whole island of Madeira for sure. Yeah. It's different. But, um, but yeah, okay. So you could do a little bit of a comparison between Coimbra and Funchal. That's good. I mean, that's probably as close as we're going to get, right? To, to what we can compare Genoa to a Portuguese city. Yeah. But not bad. Yeah. That kind of, that does it enough justice, I think, to give the, the listener an idea of what to expect. Yeah. Transportation-wise, this is the odd one. Um, you have all sorts of types of transportation. You actually have metro there, which we didn't it's ride. Surprising. It's surprising. But it's surprising. Like, yeah. why? Like, you can either bus or walk it. Hmm. Yeah. I, I'm sure that there is a, a reason if, you know, for the for the residents, right? right to yeah. zip from one end of the the town, city, whatever, to the other. And maybe and, to avoid some of those hills too. That, yeah. That could be. 
There are elevators that allow you to avoid hills as well. As well, there are a couple tunnels. So if you're driving, there's a way to cut through. Um, but yeah, you have you have buses which can get you around rather easily. Ran very frequently too. I thought. Yeah. Buses and not too packed. And not too not packed, as packed no. as turn. Right. Definitely not. So public transportation, pretty good, but not super necessary. If you're there to visit. I think that you could you could walk for sure, um, but living you would probably want to use it a bit more often. And if you're traveling by train, getting into the train station, you do have options around the train station and in the train station to eat, drink, uh, groceries. I think I remember seeing like a small little grocery store markety yeah. area. So all of that stuff is there, which is not always there uh, by Portuguese standards. Yeah. I don't find, like, you look at the two stations uh, in Porto, for example, you have Campania and Salbento, and those don't really have good dining options. I'm talking, like, at the stations we visited so far uh, in Italy, you have dining options. Yeah, it's right? a, it's almost like, not like, I guess to get an idea, like you're connected to a mall in a sense. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, I know what you mean. Yeah. Just as a listener. <laughs> yeah. So what does that actually mean? There are shops and, and places to eat. So it gives you options as opposed to like feeling like there's just a convenience store or a, a quick fast food option yeah. that some train stations or have. the 24 hour vending machines uh, yeah. which are becoming ubiquitous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That does seem to be a thing here. Uh, in the past, yeah, in Turin and in Genoa, we saw them. But right. even in Portugal, they're popping up. I mean... Yes, we, that is know, true. Like, we've seen them grow in number in Porto over the past couple of years. Yeah, they make sense. They make sense. <laughs> I think so, as long as they're stocked with stuff that's decent and... Uh, like nutritionist. Well... Or taste. Or both. Taste, I guess, just so people okay. don't get sick or something, you know? that's It right. turns over enough to where, yeah, you don't get sick. Anyway, I think we have... Um, Diverted into a weird <laughs> 24 hour. Okay, so let's talk about uh, would you expat Genoa? No, I would not expat Genoa. Um, there just doesn't seem to be enough going on for me. I, I agree. Think, yeah, I think it's one of those, one of those day trips or one of those. It felt very much so days. like a, a day you could do on the, on the a cruise. The cruise, cruise ports it. at 7 a.m., doesn't leave. You know, you got to be back on the ship at 4, and you could you could do a lot in that time frame. That's um, it. So, yeah, I would I would agree. I would not you, expat Genoa. I didn't ask you. Well, I'm just going <laughs> to I'm just gonna throw it out there. I'm still explaining my answer. The well, old, go ahead then. The old city is, is interesting enough that as a tourist you'd want to see it. But it's not interesting enough, like, from the, the the stereotypical, like, American romanticizing Europe. It's not one of those old cities where you'd be like, I got to live here one day. Yeah, that's in true. In my opinion. I would Kayla, say. would you expect, <laughs> uh, I'm going to go ahead and say no. Uh, I oh, would say, though, what, what I did like as an American yep. was seeing the history of Christopher Columbus. Okay. I think that's interesting. Okay. I mean, because it's it's. You know, we romanticize things in Europe, but there's a lot of disconnect between, like, 
the U.S. and Europe in our history. There are, I mean, obviously we have a lot of history together. Yeah. But like to see where Christopher Columbus, which is so important in our history, where he grew up, I yeah. thought that was cool to be able to see his house. And that's it's been restored and everything. It's got like, to be a different Genoa than when, than when he grew oh, up. Oh, gosh, Come I'm on, sure. No. I mean, because actually where his house is is in more of the modern area anyway. They just kind of... On the edge. Yeah, yeah. they've just kind of preserved it. Um, You're right about that. But, yeah, of course it's a very different one. But it, it's like a... Being where an hist- uh, like a historical figure is from yeah. um, that has something to do with the country, your country, uh, but being so far away from your country, I thought that was cool. You know? Yeah, no, definitely cool. I, I think that the history of Christ- Christopher Columbus is interesting in the fact that he's Italian, you know, of, of Italian descent, but did not sail the Italian flag, if right. you will. Or Italy, yeah. So that to me is is altogether strange. <laughs> I, I have forgotten so much about, you know, Columbus's expeditions. What, the Arthur, Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa, Santa Maria. Maria. Yeah, I mean, I know that. <laughs> Which they stuff. did have, uh, it was like a flowers that were created to look like the ships, right? That's right. That was I cool. got a photo of that. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess what I'm getting at is while you were quite excited about that aspect of it, for me, I, it was just a shoulder shrug. Oh, okay. You know, give or take. I got my I, picture in front of the I house, guys. I also wasn't excited per se that they had a Starbucks there, but I think that is kind of a mark of the size of of Genoa, and it wasn't in that downtowny area. It well, was, it was near the shopping. It was near area. the shopping. Near yeah. The, the, well, you know, the high street. Starbucks likes to position themselves in the in the good areas, and where they were was smart for sure. Yeah, and there were plenty of people there. Yeah, Th- that's the fascinating thing I think about where we're at in, you know, in 2023, 2024, um, with the way people look at America and the way that maybe even Americans abroad look at America versus maybe the way Europeans look at America consciously and subconsciously. Because Europeans will turn up their nose to certain Americanisms. Yet, if you go to a McDonald's, if you go to a Starbucks, and maybe to a lesser degree, a Pizza Hut. Those places are busy. Yeah, and not with all the American not tourists. Not with all the American tourists. Right. Uh huh. Yeah. It's, Isn't that it's, interesting? It is interesting. Yes. Now it doesn't mean that like we saw a ton of Italians that were in the Starbucks, but there were a lot of visitors that were not Americans, that were not like English speaking uh, people. Well, even at the Starbucks, there were uh, what looked to be students studying. Students studying. So people that was very working. Typical. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, that that it's that is good. Wi-Fi and free Wi-Fi has been a thing here. Like getting it, you mean? Yeah, I mean, like you go to a place in Portugal. For the most part, it, you can ask for the Wi-Fi code, or like they'll have the Wi-Fi code posted. Yeah, not uh, really. Maybe at least the places we go, but I've not found that here. Right. That's true, and the Wi-Fi hasn't hasn't seemed to be as good in the past in in Turin and then in Genoa compared to speed and stuff, and for us in Portugal. You mean like the, when we're actually on? Yeah, when we can actually get on. Yeah. yeah. Not just 4G, 5G, LTE, whatever it is. Yeah. But like Wi-Fi connection. Actual connection. All yeah, right. so that makes livability a little difficult. Different. Yeah, difficult for sure. Um, for digital nomads, remote workers, definitely. Okay, so I think that wraps up Genoa for us. Next location, Parma. Parma. I'm excited. Because really because of food. Because the Parma ham and the... The Parmigiano Reggiano cheese. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I think I went into I'm this. I'm going to talk like this 
the next episode. I hope not. Uh, I, I went into this, uh, you know, the northern part of Italy, this trip, really excited about the food. And so far, uh, I've not been disappointed. I mean, we're only two, two cities in, but I'm really looking forward to the food in, in Parma. Yeah, me too. And we waited um, to do our 72-hour water fast uh, until <laughs> after this trip, and we're going to need it. Yeah, if you're interested in that, you can look it up. That's something that Josh is going to have us do. So <laughs> I got to get all my food and alcohol in while I can. <laughs> all right. Chat with you next time. Let's do it. Bye. Let's get moving. Bye. So, listener, we know that you are preparing to move to Portugal. We did everything ourselves for the D7 visa. So we have a DIY D7 course. We also have a DIY remote worker course now since they've split those up. And if you're already here, we have a living in Portugal course for you. Now, the difference between the D7 and the D8 or the digital nomad visa course that you could get is if you have active income, you should be getting the digital nomad or D8 course. If you have passive income, you should be getting the D7 course. And we have a special promotion for anybody that is a listener of this podcast. If you type in podcast at checkout, you will get $15 off. So these will just guide you through exactly what you need. They stay up to date as things change. And once you purchase it, it's yours for life. So if you're not ready to go now, you can still get it and take a look and you can use it later on. And Kaylee is a mad lady and she is always updating the course so that it doesn't fall out of date. Well, I have to because they're always changing things and so it has to stay up to date. That's facts. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Let's Move to Portugal. Contact info for all the services mentioned are in the show notes. If you like the show, please subscribe. If you love the show, please tell a friend, connect with us on our socials, and if you want to help us out, give us a review on your podcast player. Expats Everywhere Presents Let's Move to Portugal is produced by Time or Money Productions. Expats Everywhere researches our guests, and we do our best to provide factual and relevant information at the time of the recording. Despite our best efforts, we can make no guarantees as to the accuracy of what you've heard in this episode. We highly recommend that you do your own research and check your own facts. 